about you. Amen. Praise God. We're excited about it. I hope you've got it on your calendar. We're honored today to have with us a part of the Global Harvest in Motion group that is helping us to put on this crusade. Brother Chris Green is no stranger to this church, Tree of Life, Grace Point, to this body of believers. He was with us, you might remember, last October, and he held a uh, series of revival services with us right here. God moved in a mighty way. He's part of the evangelistic team for Global Harvest to facilitate the training yesterday. He's going to be back for the crusade, ministering, preaching. Amen. And we're honored to have him with us today. And we've asked him to come and to minister the word of the Lord. Amen. What I want you to do today is I want you to open your hearts and I want you to activate your faith. Because whatever it is that you came here today in need of, I know that you can walk out with an answer to your prayer. I know that you can walk out saved, delivered, and healed. If you'll let God do the work, would you put your hands together one more time and welcome evangelist Chris Green to this pulpit today. Praise the Lord, everybody. Well, somebody welcome the presence of the Lord in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah, Jesus. Such a joy to be with you. And I want to take your attention to the book of Acts chapter 3. Thank you, Brother Sizemore. Give honor to Brother Urshan. Give honor to all the men and women of God in this church. I'm especially thankful to be with Brother and Sister Enos. They're amazing people. I got to meet them in Vienna, Austria many years ago, about 10 or 11 years ago, and thankful for them. And, and uh, thank you, Brother Zach, for taking care of me and picking me up from the airport. And I've just had a wonderful time. I got my skyline in, and uh, I had to rebuke some people yesterday after the training, but thankfully they weren't from this church, nor were they even from Cincinnati. They were from Florida. They were helping the training yesterday. And uh, they've heard me, we've had many meetings every Monday night, and they've heard me on these meetings talk about the blessed skyline. So when they, they drove here from Palm Bay, and they'll be here again for the crusade in 11 days. And so they went to skyline. They weren't anointed, apparently. And they might not even be saved. We're, we're, we're still, the verdict's out. I don't know. But they asked me right out here. They said, now, you said you, you really like this place, Skyline? I said, oh, I love that place. It's amazing. They said, well, we tried it, and we were just kind of unsure about it. I was like, I ain't your friend anymore. Unfollowed them on Facebook and rebuked them in Jesus' name. Amen. But it's such a joy to be with you today, and I'm looking forward to the crusade that we're having in just 11 days from now. God is going to pour out his spirit in such a mighty way. 
Amen. In Acts chapter 3, and forgive me, media team, they, they didn't get this verse and, and other verses, uh, but we're going to go to Acts 4. I'm just going to read one verse from Acts 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 6. Acts chapter 3, verse 6, and Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. My pockets are empty, but I do have something to give you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Acts chapter 4, this is the continuation of this story. In verse 7, they had been arrested, detained, by some Pharisees who were grieved, the Bible says, they were grieved about this miracle. And they were questioning these two men, Peter and John. And it says in verse 7, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people. And elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone. This, this Jesus is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Two more verses, two more verses. Now, when they saw the boldness, see, you're not afraid when you understand the power of the name. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant. See, you might be unlearned and ignorant, but you're never deficient when you know the power of the name. These men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man, the miracle man, which was healed standing, he was crippled. Now he's standing with them. They could say nothing against it. I'm not going to preach to you today. There's going to be an impartation and there's going to be a crusade service in this service today. We're going to have miracles of healing and deliverance and people filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So I'm not here to deliver a sermon. I'm here to impart the gift of faith. 
but I will talk to you for just a moment today on the subject, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, demons tremble in the name of Jesus, sickness flees in the name of Jesus, the dead are raised in the, oh, I wish I had a witness with me that remembered the power of the name of Jesus. Before you're seated, would you just lift up your hands high and surrender yourself to the name of Jesus. I surrender to the power and the purpose of the name of Jesus. Together, would you say, in the name of Jesus. You may be seated in Jesus' name. I feel like the monitor's cut out. If you can just... Jump them up, jam them up, pump them up as loud as they go until my ears are bleeding. That would help me out a lot. I'm not worried about my ears, worried about my throat. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Felt like the Lord just spoke to me a minute ago and, and told me to tell you that we, before we experience the power of the name of Jesus, before we experience the power of the name Jesus, we must first trust the purpose of the name Jesus. If I don't say anything else that you hear or remember, please hear this. Before you experience the power of the name of Jesus, you must first trust. Trust. The purpose of the name of Jesus. Did you know his name has a purpose? That's why Psalm 23, David could write, The Lord is my shepherd. He leadeth me beside the still waters. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He he restores my soul and leads me on paths of righteousness. Here it is. For his name's sake. In other words, I'm being led by Jesus for the purpose of his name. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me on these paths. He brings me to these places of provision. But I must remember that this is all for the purpose of his name. He says he restores my soul and leads me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. For the purpose of his name. Period. Next verse. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You will not survive the valley of the shadow of death if you don't first declare this is for your name's sake. 
This is for the purpose of your name. I'm living by trust in your name. And once you trust the purpose of his name, then you can endure the valley of the shadow of death. I wish I had somebody with me today that would preach with this preacher and say, had I not trusted the purpose of his name, I would not have endured the valley in my life for his name's sake though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death watch what he said I will fear no evil for thou art with me. For God is with me. He's with me. How do I know he's with me in the valley of the shadow of death? Because he led me here. And I'm trusting the purpose of his name. So if I'm led by the purpose of his name. And his purpose brings me into death. I don't have to be afraid of death. God is with me. He said, thy rod, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You even prepare. Watch this now. I'm quoting scripture, by the way, if you didn't know this, Psalm 23. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now watch this. He hadn't come out of the valley yet. He said, you brought me beside still waters. You let me eat here and dine there and rest here. Brought me into the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't say I've come out of the valley yet. In the middle of the valley, he says, you'll prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And right in the middle of my valley, watch this. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. His anointing isn't found on the mountaintop. His anointing isn't found when you got it made in the shade, drinking lemonade. His anointing's not found by the beach. His anointing's not found on vacation. His anointing is found in the depth of the valley. Ah, the depth of your anointing can only be as deep as your valley. He said, in the midst of my valley, I will be anointed until my cup runneth over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever somebody say it with me I trust say I trust the purpose of his name You ever wonder why God had to send 10 plagues into Egypt? I have. You just read the scripture and say, oh, that sounds good. Sometimes I read it and I think, that does not sound good. You could have gone like this. You wanted them out. <laughs> you, you built a land for them. The land was already paid for. Escrow had already gone through. And all you needed was to. You could have translated all of them. Two to three million people. And just said. And taken them from Egypt. Into the promised land like that. You could have killed Pharaoh. 
with a sneeze. <laughs> the Bible tells us that when Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to let us go. Pharaoh says, no, I'm not. And not only that, I'm going to make it more difficult for them while they're still here because you have bothered me. And you have the audacity to think that I'm going to let them go. And God, <laughs> God tells Moses in chapter 6 of Exodus, when Moses comes to him and says, God, we got a problem. Uh, you, you must not have known how difficult Pharaoh is to deal with. We got a problem because you, you must not have known that he was going to say no. You said, go to Pharaoh and speak in my name and I will deliver the nation. Uh, you didn't know there was a plot twist, God. He said, no. If you read Exodus chapter 5, verses, I believe it's 22 through 24, he, he's sucking his thumb and complaining and saying, God, what's your problem? I spoke in your name, but he didn't let the people go. Watch what he says. And you didn't show up and do your part. <laughs> and God responds and says, you still have my name. Go read it. It's in your Bible. I'm not getting any head nods, which tells me you didn't know that was in there. See, if I started saying Acts 2.38, you know, then Peter said unto them, the heads were starting on it because you know where I'm going. But you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, God responds and says, Moses, I am the Lord. That means I'm in charge. Number two, he says, I gave Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob a piece of my name. They understood me as God Almighty, which is El Shaddai. But they didn't know my name, my supreme name, Yahweh, Jehovah. In other words, God was speaking to Moses and asking him, I haven't delivered the people according to your expectation, but you still have my name. So the question is this, is my name enough for you? There's the head nods. I get it now. He said, you don't have the deliverance yet, but you still have my name. Doesn't that seem like a contradiction? Hey! You didn't show up. Where were you? You still have my name. What? You still have my name. <laughs> when the diagnosis has not been touched yet. Uh, when your family has not been reconciled yet. Uh, when your children haven't prayed back through yet. Uh, when the prognosis has not turned around yet. Uh, lift up your eyes under the hills uh, and declare, uh, I still got the name. I still got the name. I don't have the healing yet, but I've got the name of healing. I've not been delivered yet, but I've got the name of deliverance. I've not been set free yet, but I've got the name that's above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow every tongue will confess you've got the name so why didn't God sneeze in the face of Pharaoh and kill him well he tells us in Exodus 9 
Don't put this up on the scripture. I want to see if they'll believe me if I just read it to them. Don't put this up on the screen. Excuse me. In Exodus 9, in the New King James Version, the Bible says in verse 15, God spoke to Pharaoh. No head nods yet. And God says, hey, Pharaoh, if I had stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with pestilence, that word in the Hebrew means a fatal epidemic or disease. God could have literally taken off his mask and sneezed in Pharaoh's face and said, ha ha, epidemic right in your face, pestilence in your nation. He said, I could have struck your nation with pestilence. Then you would have been cut off from the earth. And the church said, yeah, that'd be great. Cut them off. Kill them. Ah, uh, you're not honest. Oh, don't pray for God to kill my enemy. Pray for God to bless them. Give them a promotion. Ah, uh, you liar, liar, pants on fire. It's okay. Don't, don't uncover your, your honesty there. You just, you just stay hidden. Maybe, maybe tonight when you, when you get in bed and nobody's watching, you say amen. Yeah. God says, I could have cut you off from the earth, but I got a purpose for you, Pharaoh. Verse 16, he says, indeed for this purpose. Watch this. He's speaking to Pharaoh. He said, indeed for this purpose have I raised you up. I promoted you. Oh, you think your pedigree gave you the throne? Nah, I put you on the throne. And Moses in the church, the first church of Israel is over there saying, what? You promoted them? You promoted our enemy? Why did you promote our enemy? Because I gave you the promise. I raised you up. Here it is. This is God talking. I lifted you up, Pharaoh. I gave you the throne. I put you in superiority to my church. Here's why. That I may show my power in you and that my name, that my name, you're missing it, that my name may be declared in all the earth. Why are you sick? Why has God promoted a sickness in your body? Because he's about to declare his name in your sickness. Why has God promoted an adversary in your life? Because God's about to declare the glory of his name with your adversary. Say it with me. I trust the purpose of his name. I trust the purpose of your name. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were, who were not kneeling, they would not kneel for that idol. They would not kneel for Nebuchadnezzar. He, he was about to throw them into the fiery furnace. He said, you got one more chance, Bubba's. You got to kneel for me or get thrown into the furnace. And they said... We will not bow for you. You go ahead and throw us in the furnace. Because if you do, watch what they said. Our God will save us. Here it is. But if not. 
the three words that can deliver you out of any situation. But if not, see, we think, oh, don't say that, that you're, you're casting doubt. No, no, no. That's more trust than you've ever experienced. God's going to save me. They said, but if he doesn't save us, we still won't bow. If we die, if we die, I'm going to get to my reward faster. If we die, I'm going to be around the throne of glory singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Kill me now or kill me later, but I will trust in the power and purpose of the name. I think you ought to clap your hands. I think you ought to lift up your voice. I think you ought to shout unto God. You see, we believe in God's ability. We don't trust in his sovereignty. I told y'all when I was here in October, after my wife and I, we buried our little girl in 2020, November the 28th. I could not trust and understand God because I didn't understand the power and the, excuse me, the, the purpose. I understood the power. I understood the power of the name. I didn't trust the purpose of his name. I understood his name could set free and heal. I see my buddy, Brother Johnson, over here. What's up, man? In fact, it was in Oregon years ago, in Oregon, where I was preaching. And a lady at the end of the service, no altar call. We had had three services of revival. No one come to the altar. Not one person come to the altar. I don't know if I told this in October, but I'll tell it right now. And nobody came to the altar. I know I'm not a good preacher, but my God, I was preaching the truth. That third or fourth night, the Lord spoke to me about 10 minutes into my sermon and said, stop preaching. I want to demonstrate the power of my name. And I said, if you need healing in your body, raise your hand. Almost every hand went up. I said, well, if you want healing in your body, come to the altar. Nobody came. I said it again. If you want healing, I see you need it. If you want it, come to the altar. Nobody came. I said it a third time, and finally, a lady who was behind the back row, she was moving like this, and she turned the corner, and she was in a wheelchair, and she comes all the way down to the front, and I said, oh, God, please let the wheelchair be, like, decorative or something. Don't let it be. I never prayed to anybody in a wheelchair and seen them healed, and, and I go down to her, and I, I said, what do you need from God? And she says, I'm paralyzed from the waist down. Then she says, I've never been in a church like this before. She was a first-time visitor. She said, I got a flyer in the mailbox saying, come to this revival, miracle signs and wonders. She said, so I thought, well, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is I leave the same way I came. I said, okay, well, I'm going to pray for you. And I said, I, I don't have any power other than the power that God's given me through the gift of the Holy Ghost. So I'm just going to do the same thing Peter did to the crippled person at the gate called beautiful. Silver and gold have I none. Intelligence, uh, intelligence and smarts and abilities have I none. Pedigree and power have I none. But there's something I do have that can raise you up uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Get up. Hang on. I appreciate your faith, but nothing happened. 
I said, what do you feel? She said, I feel nothing. I said, well, let me do it again even louder. In the name of Jesus. Let me do it again. I'm spitting. I'm screaming. And nothing, 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 nothing. I stand back and I said, God, you spoke to me. I know you spoke to me. And you said, I want to demonstrate my power. So, God, why are you doing it? And the Lord quickened in my spirit and said, I will heal her tonight. But not here in front of the people that will not respond to me. He said, I refuse to reveal myself to them, but I will reveal it to her. He said, tell her to go home. And in the privacy of her bedroom, I will raise her up if she'll give her life to me. Well, I didn't say that in the microphone. They hadn't paid me yet, you know. And so I got in her ear and I whispered. I said, ma'am, God's going to heal you tonight. You're not going to be paralyzed anymore. You go home and you give your life to Jesus and you will be healed. She looked at me with what I call first time visitor faith. Hadn't been there long enough to negotiate. She just said, okay. Turned around and wheeled herself out. The next service, uh, the pastor's up in the pulpit going through another boring, dead, dry service. And the two doors of that sanctuary, just like this one, open up to the sanctuary. And that lady comes walking down the center aisle. The pastor. Here's where we figured out the problem. The pastor literally comes off the platform and says, lady, where is your wheelchair? She says, I don't need a wheelchair anymore. I had been paralyzed for 20 years, but I went home in the privacy of my room. I said, Jesus, Jesus, I give my life to you. And all of a sudden, something came over my body. I felt the warmth go down my spine, and I could feel my legs, and I lifted up out of that wheelchair. She said, I come here to be baptized in the name of Jesus. There is unlimited power in the name of Jesus Christ. We baptized her in Jesus' name. She came out of that water speaking in other tongues. And she's not just walking in this life. She's going to walk in the next life. I understood the power of the name. But when God's name didn't show up in the power, but showed up in the purpose and took my baby, I didn't understand. Why? Why? Why would you do this? Because I could not trust his purpose. We've got to get beyond just the line of, of, of faith and his ability. We've got to trust his sovereignty and say there must be a purpose in this oh, you're not hearing me there must be a plan in this that I don't understand that I don't see there must be a purpose if you can trust that GPS system on your phone to take you where you've never been before why can't you trust the king of kings to take you where you've never to take you to dimensions you've never heard to take you to a depth you've never experienced I'll give you another example. I remember preaching in, in Withville, Virginia for a close friend of mine, Richie Johnson, and he still pastors there to this day. And at that time, we were both single evangelists. We were single and ready to mingle. And couldn't find nobody on single saintofgod.com, you know, whatever it's called. <laughs> 
Uh, we were we were crazy though back back then. We would do all night prayer meetings and go on twenty one day fast together, and and we'd do some crazy stuff together back in those days. And uh, I remember a twenty one day fast that we did together. We we started it with an all night prayer meeting together. And, and at the end of that 21 days, we came to his church. And I, I mean, it, it is like, it's just, a, it's just a little pin drop on the map. It's so tiny. Withville's so small. And, and uh, his church was running about 20 people at the time. And I remember going there and we preached. We had, we had revival. And at the end of the revival, it was Sunday morning. And, and I preached a sermon similar to this. You know, just power in the name of Jesus. Power in the Holy Ghost. And uh, I remember when we opened the altars, this really old man, elderly, ancient man, 55 years old, he, he was sitting about right here where you're sitting. And, and when I said, you may, you, would you like to come to the altar? This old, ancient man, I don't know how he could walk. And he's, he like runs up to the altar and he stands there and he's praying. And I hadn't seen him any, at any point of that revival or any time throughout my time at the church. And, so I felt like he might be a visitor, you know, and, and I walk up to him and I said, what do you need and what do you want? And he said, I need that Holy Ghost you're talking about. I said, well, you're going to get it. He said, well, can God give a Catholic the Holy Ghost? <laughs> That's what he said. I loved it. I was like, man, he can especially give a Catholic the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Catholics make the best Pentecostals, man. I, in fact, I told him, I said, once you get the Holy Ghost and baptize in Jesus' name, then you'll be a true Catholic. Because Catholic means universal. You see, and once you get baptized in the blood, uh, you're not white, black, brown, green, blue. Uh, your last name isn't your last name anymore. Your last name is not Jesus. We're all a part of the family. You've been blood-bought, adopted, uh, fostered in uh, to the promise of Jesus Christ. Uh, you'll be a real Catholic. Uh, once you get born again of the water uh, and of the Spirit, uh, you'll really be universal. Yes. He's like, all right, well, I want it. And before I could literally walk him through it, repentance and lift your hands, he was already speaking in tongues. He wanted it so desperately. He started speaking in tongues. We, we baptized him in Jesus' name. And, and I leave that, uh, that revival. And, and Richie calls me a couple weeks later, three or four weeks later. He says, you remember that Catholic man that got the Holy Ghost? I said, yeah. And I love it when pastors tell me the behind the scenes because I don't know anything behind the scenes, you know. And, and uh, I'm just a guest myself, you know, and there and just everybody's the same on the same level to me. I don't know your backstory, your details. And, and he, he calls me and he says, well, here's what I found out about this man. He was invited by a lady in our church at the grocery store on Saturday. He was at the grocery store getting a few things. And he said... He sparked up a conversation, I guess, with the lady in the grocery store in the checkout line. And they got to talking. They started. They kept talking all the way to the parking lot. And, and he told her, he said, you know, I'm a Catholic man. And, and I'm really desperate for God because I, I have six weeks to live. I have stage four liver and colon cancer. And I have six weeks to live. And she said, well, go to your mass tomorrow morning. Your early mass. Your eight o'clock mass. And then come to my service. We're Pentecostal people. We believe in the power of the name that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Come to our church. And, and 
he was filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. And he had to go back, of course, to the oncologist. And when he went back to the oncologist a few weeks later and they did a scan of his body because they were concerned his body was doing different things that they were not expecting. And they did a full body scan and found not one trace of cancer left in his body because of the power of the name that it has. I release the gift of faith because my faith is not enough and your faith is not enough but the gift of faith will be enough for you to have faith in the power of the name of Jesus he can do that for you today he can do that for you today somebody say do it for me Jesus do it for me Jesus do it for me Jesus but I tell you that story to tell you this. I remember preaching in Houston years ago and, and a pastor telling me, he said, I need you to go pray for somebody in hospice care. Of course, hospice care is where you go to be taken care of in your last days. And, and in fact, they were able to bring hospice care to this house he was in. And his name was Pierre. And he was even older than the last man. He was 77 years old. And uh, <laughs> I'm 34, so anything above 34 is ancient to me. And if I come back next year, I'll move the mark a little bit, okay? Amen. And um, I go to this bedside of this man named Pierre, and Pierre's laying there in his bed, eaten up with cancer. His eyes are dim. He can't hardly see that the cancer has eaten up everything in him. And, and he's telling me in a whisper, he can't raise his voice to, to a, even a speaking voice, and he's just whispering. And he's saying, I'm dying, I'm dying. And he tells me they just baptized me in Jesus' name. I said, what? At 77 years old, you were baptized in Jesus' name? He said, yes. I said, what in God's name convinced you at 77 that you need to be baptized? Because I said, Pierre, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And he said, he said, well, that's the thing. He said, he said, I was raised in a Catholic church, which we only went on Easter Sunday. And he said, I was sprinkled by the priest. And he said, that priest told me that I was saved. and I was always going to be saved. And there was nothing I could do or not do that, that, that would uh, allow me to not be saved. And he is like, wow, thank God. This is, this is better than I thought. I can be saved and not even go to boring church anymore. And he said, I, I joined the Navy at 17 years old. And I traveled the world and, and uh, he said, well, I, just a few years ago, I was diagnosed with this disease. And he said, they, they moved me into my son's home. This is where I'm living. This is my son's home. His son was Pentecostal, you know, and he said, my son walks into my bedroom and begins to teach me a Bible study, he opens the Bible and says, dad, I got to tell you about baptism in the name of Jesus. There is no sprinkling in here. There is no titles of father, son, Holy ghost in here. It's all in the name of Jesus. Peter said, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus. His title is Father. His title and position is Son. His title is Holy Ghost, but he's got many more titles as we sang about. His title is Wonderful and Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. 
Father, but his name is Jesus. That's why Jesus said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. And Mark records it like this. Therefore, in my name, Jesus said, in my name shall they cast out devils. In my name shall they speak with new tongues. In my name shall they take up serpents and drink any deadly thing. It shall not harm them. In my name they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's why you got to have the name over you. Amen. And Pierre was convinced they released him from hospice for like three hours. They buried him in that water with tubes and everything else in the name of Jesus. But now he here he is laying on his bedside dying and 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 I'm sitting there I said well now you're ready to get the Holy Ghost he said I can't get the Holy Ghost I said why not he said because I've committed every sin in the book except murder and I've his exact words it was kind of funny he said because I was in the Navy you know we write our own book on sin in the Navy I was like wow okay he's like we travel the world we, we 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 do every sin in the book I'm like okay remind me not to join the Navy you know no I'm kidding <laughs> and uh so I start talking to him about grace and I start teaching him about grace. And I said, you know, Jesus said he is looking for you because he said, I come to seek and save that which is lost. And Jesus, Jesus inspired Peter to say this promise of the Holy Ghost is for you and your children and all who are afar off. I said, this is for you. And eventually he was convinced as I noticed tears streaming down his cheeks, tears streaming down his cheeks. And I said, Pierre, are you ready? He said, let's pray. And I began to pray for him. And I remember laying my head on him. And it took a few minutes to work through all those books of sin or whatever, you know. It took a few minutes to get through all the minutiae of his past. But after a few minutes, all of a sudden, he started shaking like this and going like that. I thought, dear God, he's having a heart attack and he's going out with my hand on his head. That's what I thought because, you know, I'm crazy sometimes. And I was like, he's going to die with my hand. And I, so I stopped and I said, Pierre, are you Okay. He looks up at me with his left eye like this. He says, buddy, I'm great. Keep praying for me. And he's praying and he's, he's shaking like this. And all of a sudden I, I got down real close and I could hear him speaking in tongues. And when he finished, he stopped. And, and I, I said, what happened to you? He said, I don't know. But all of a sudden I was lost in the presence of God. See, hold on a second. Hold on a second. See, you might be lost, but where you need to be lost is lost in the presence of God. <laughs> That's where you need. You need to be lost in the presence of God and broken in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus Christ. He said, I was lost in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, he said, something entered to me, entered into me. He said his exact words. He said, I began to speak words that are not in my vocabulary. What was that? I said, that was called the evidence of speaking in tongues. You've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You're ready, buddy. You've been born again of the water and of the spirit. See, let me pause and just say this. Isn't it amazing? That a man on his deathbed could still convince God to come down and save him. How do you negotiate when you're about to die? God, I'll give you the rest of my life. You only got a few minutes. That's enough for me. Two days later, Pierre breathed his last breath in this life. He was two days away. From leaving this life. And God said. 48 hours is all you got. That's enough for me.
You've, you've denied me for 77 years. You've denied me and lived for the world. And you've cursed me and you've betrayed me. And now you want to convince me that with two days left, that I'm supposed to give you my mercy and you'll give me two days enough for me. Here's what's amazing about that story is while Pierre died and that other Catholic man in Virginia, he was healed. I, I don't understand all the purpose of his name, but I want to experience the power of his name. I want to experience the power of his name because Pierre, although may not understanding the purpose of his name, because he embraced the power and experienced the power of his name. 48 hours later, he stepped into a dimension where cancer said, I can't go there anymore. This is where I leave you. He walked through a gate down a street of gold and said, no more pain. I got my voice back. I got my sight back. I've got my body back. There is power in the name of Jesus. Just a few months ago, I was at Brother Brian Kinsey's church in Pensacola, Florida, when a man who was about six foot five, he comes down to the altar and he's praying and he's very stiff. He's moving like this. And, and he's, he, he, I don't know what the problem was. And, and he told me, he said, he said, just a few years ago, I fell off of building 65 feet. He said, I've had 38 surgeries on my right arm. I've had 40-something surgeries on my left arm and all sorts of surgeries on my back in the last three years. He said, I've got titanium throughout my body. And that's why he, he moves like the tin man. You know, he, he's real stiff and he moves, he's moving like this. And he's, I got pain all over my body. And we prayed for him and he, he began to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But it was when he was baptized into the name of Jesus. He came out of the water and he wasn't like this anymore. His hands were straight up. He started dancing in that water. He came out of that water and said, all the pain in my body is gone. All the pain and stiffness in my body has completely left me you can have that today I said you can have that today you can have that today you can have that today I was in North Carolina preaching a district-wide back-to-school rally. And, and my God, it was one of the deadest services I've ever been in. And I, I thought, God, I'm going to preach until these kids get prayed through. I preached for about an hour and a half. I said, I don't care. I don't care if they fall asleep uh, because I'm reaching for their soul before they go back to school. Uh, and they were dead. They were dry. They were bored, whatever. I don't care. They came down to the altar. And I walk over to a young lady. She's 18 years old. Her name is Morgan. And I go up and I felt impressed to go pray. I don't know. There was a specific purpose for her. I walk over to her and I, I said, what do you need from God? She said, I've been given about two months to live. She's 18 years old. She said, I have a tumor in my head right here. She said, I have chronic migraines and headaches. And she said, I have, I have, um, I have seizures and different things because of this tumor in my head. I said, uh, she said, will you pray for me? I said, no, I will not pray for you. I said, I will preach to you. <laughs> I don't know. I never said that to anybody. But all of a sudden it came to my memory in 1 Corinthians when Paul said, For it pleases God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. 
I said, Morgan, do you believe? She said, I believe. I said, then I'm going to preach to you. In fact, I'm not going to preach to you. I'm going to preach to that thing in your head. I said, close your eyes and lift up your hands. And I said, spirit of sickness, cancer, and disease, I bind you by the name of Jesus Christ. And I command you to come out of her body right now. Now, this is what happened. When I said right now in the name of Jesus, she opened her eyes. Now, again, I'm crazy and I'm sometimes foolish. The foolishness of preaching. When I said right now in the name of Jesus, she opened her eyes and said this. She goes, it's gone. And I said, what's gone? That's the foolishness of preaching. Because I'm Mr. High and Mighty Eye. You're going to come out of there. But I'm also flesh. Jesus said, Jesus said, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. One man told Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. There's like a moment of belief, but then there's other moments of unbelief. And when she said, it's gone, unbelief said, what's gone? She said, the tumor. And then unbelief spoke back to her and said, how do you know? She said, because I could feel it for the last several months like a weight on my brain. And the moment you said, in the name of Jesus, it dissolved. All the pressure is gone. The next morning, she went to her doctor and got a CAT scan. And she sent the x-rays or whatever they're called to my wife. There was no tumor there. There was no disease. I feel like running, I feel like jumping, I feel like rolling, I feel like dancing, because I've got that power, you've got that power, I've got that name, you've got that name, what does that make you want to do, what does that make you want to do, it makes me want to shout, it makes me want to jump, because I've got that name, I've got that name, aren't you glad that you've got the name, you've got the name. Pardon me a moment. I feel just a walk and pray. Who is it? 
Who is it that the name is looking for right now? I can feel, I can feel the specific ministering spirit of the Lord reaching for, so here comes somebody. Who is it? Who is it? Is the only one? I know there's somebody else. There's somebody else. The name is reaching. The name is reaching. The name is looking. The name will find. The name will heal. The name will deliver. The name will set free. The name will reconcile. The name will restore. The name will renew. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? That's it. That's it. That's it. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. By faith. There are angels in this room right now waiting to minister the power of the name that's above every name. Move by faith. Walk by faith. Respond by faith. Who wants it? Who wants it? Who wants it? Who wants it? Who needs it? Who needs it? Who needs it? I've got to have it. in the name of Jesus I preach to that sickness come out now in the name of Jesus now Right now, 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 right now. I release the gift of faith. I release the power and purpose of the name of Jesus.
power of your name be released, be delivered, be healed in the name of Jesus. Jesus, these hands be filled, anointed with the blessing of your name and spirit and power right now. Something very sovereign has moved into this church. Something very sovereign in this atmosphere has just made his presence known in this place. Uh, this is what I feel to do right now. I want everybody to just pay attention and listen to the instruction of the Lord. I want you to hear the instruction of the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, I want you to hear, hear the instruction of the Lord. Everybody just listen for a moment. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want you to, I want you to put your hands down for just a moment. Nobody lift your hands right now. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you that if, if you have sickness... Pain, disease, infirmity in your body. Something that's specific. Something you know it's there. It's not just it hits every now and then. It's vague. It's like a fog. No, something that's specific. So specific that when it's gone, you'll know it's gone. It's gone. If you have something specific in a moment, I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands if you're able to do so. If you're able, not now, but if you're able, you can stretch them as high as you can. But if you can't. Like a lady just over here, you could tell she was burdened in prayer. And I said, hey, I just want you to open your hands. Turn your hands like this as a sign, a physical expression of your faith to receive something from God. If that's all you can do in a moment, I'm going to have you just open your hands up like this to say, God, I let go. I surrender myself to you. Now, here's how we, that what I'm about to say has the potential to kill your faith. I'm telling you it is of God. The Lord spoke this to me about four weeks ago in New York when we had a one of the most um, largest outpourings of healing that I've ever seen in my life happen in a service in New York four weeks ago. And it happened when the Lord spoke and said, you want my spirit of healing to enter your body. And if you want my spirit to take residence in your body, then you have to repent of putting things in your body that are contrary to my healing. If it was a drug and you're praying about your lungs, please don't be offended. But you say, God, I have corrupted these lungs with my smoking, my addiction, and I repent of that. 
When you repent, God will remove that sin. Just like he did with the lame man in the house. He said, your sins are forgiven. I, I forgive you. And they said, wait a second, wait a second. You don't have the authority to forgive sins. He said, to show you that I do, watch this. Rise up and walk. He was healed. There must be an opportunity of spiritual cleanliness. The way I say it is, God must be given right to remove debris from your vessel before he fills that vessel with himself. He will not share his glory. If you have pain in your body that might be due to a drug, an alcoholic thing, even a diet or something that you know, I've been putting things in my body that is not the will of God. Don't be condemned. Be delivered. And say, God, I have messed up. I've put things in this, this temple that don't belong in the temple. I've turned this temple into a den of thieves due to my, my, my addiction and my lack of self-control. I'm in the same boat because we're all flesh. Amen. And what, I, what that is gives us an opportunity to do is in repentance is to say, God, I'm, I'm trusting the purpose of your name. Because while I was a sinner, you died for me. So before we pray for healing and lift up our hands, I want you to close your eyes. And if you feel to bow your head, and I want you to open your mouth, lift up your voice and pray, God, forgive me of everything that I've done contrary to the will and the word of God by putting things in this temple that you would not be pleased with. Lord, forgive me for contradicting the will of your healing for my life. Would you pray that prayer all over this room? God, forgive me. God, clean out this vessel. God, restore me back to a place of righteousness that I can receive freely everything that comes from the throne of God. Come on, pray that prayer. Come on, young man. If you need healing from your lust, pray, God, forgive me of putting those images in my mind. Forgive me of putting that pornography in my soul. God, I need healing from my lustful flesh. Forgive me of filling my flesh with this world. In the name of Jesus. I want us to take about 15 seconds and just begin to say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, give him a thanksgiving offering for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Now, hallelujah. I'm just preparing you a little bit for this crusade in 11 days. <clears throat> because as we mentioned at the training and the crusade, we may preach only 10 minutes, and then we may take about an hour and a half during the altar call. And we've got just a couple more minutes before we release the gift of faith for the gifts of healing to operate in this room. But I'm going to tell you this. For the last three years, it started three years ago in Australia, that I started seeing people 
that needed healing in their body, who would forego receiving something from God to help pray for someone else. And I've seen, as they were praying for someone else, them be healed. I don't know if I told this last time, but a lady in Australia, when it started, she, comes, she was one of the altar workers praying for people. She comes running up to me and goes like this. She says, look. And I was like, high five, you know, yeah. She says, no, look. I said, what is it? And she said, well, you didn't see? I said, well, I, no, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, my hand was eaten up with rheumatoid arthritis, carpal tunnel. She said, my hand was just like this. It's been like this for, for a couple of years. She said, when I laid my hand on that lady right there, boom, my hand opened up. And I was thinking, just like what some of you were thinking, I was like, right. Cool. And then the pastor, two days later, sends me a text after I had flown out. Sends me a text of her x-ray, the one before and the one after. In just a moment, we're all going to lift up our hands that need something from God. Healing, deliverance. You need the gift of the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to release those in this room that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues that when we pray the prayer of faith, I want to release you. You turn around, men with other men, women with other women, and you lay your hand on them. Amen. When you go to pray for a person, I don't want you to do it with intimidation and just kind of say, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. I want you to get bold. A lady with a lady, a man with a man, to stay appropriate in this room. You'll lay your hand right on their head and just begin to speak the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I set you free. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. In the name of Jesus, you're going to do that. God is going to operate through you today. If you need healing in your body, deliverance in your spirit, or you need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost for the first time, would you raise your hands, both of your hands right now? Remember, if you don't have the strength to lift them all the way up, you just open your hands up so that we can see who it is that needs a touch from God by the power of the name of Jesus. There's hands up all over this room. Now, just listen. As your hands are raised, please keep your hands lifted. Remember, if they get tired, just drop them down a little bit. That's okay. But keep your hands lifted because we're about to pray the prayer of faith through the name of Jesus. And when I say the words in the name of Jesus, that will be your opportunity to receive healing and deliverance, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That will also be your signal to turn around if you feel to do so and lay your hand on a brother or sister in this room. And God is going to operate through you would you close your eyes every eye closed hands are lifted the operation of the gifts of healing and the gift of faith is about to be released in this room when i say those words that will be your signal by the authority of the word of God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I release the gift of faith. I command you to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Come on, men of God, lay your hand on the sick. Come on, women of God, lay your hand on the sick. Turn around and lay your hand on them.
Yes, yes, yes. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I set you free. In the name of Jesus, you are delivered. In the name of Jesus, you are healed. In the name of Jesus, I cast out fear and doubt and unbelief. In the name of Jesus, I release faith. 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 Faith.